let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4 every day. Listen carefully. And after 4 o'clock, if you miss stuff, you go to the John and Ken On Demand podcast on the iHeart app and listen to as much as you can. Yeah, and uh, we're always uh, willing to take your calls through the Moist line. You can leave a message on the app with a microphone icon or call the toll-free number. 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. We got those calls coming Friday during the 3 o'clock hour. You have a chance to win money, too, at 220, another keyword. We're continuing with the KFI Inflation Compensation Contest. And a quick note, and we'll have more on this in the 3 o'clock hour, but our big story from yesterday, the Public Safety Committee in the State Assembly killed a bill which would make the sex trafficking of minors a strike. That's important because it adds significant prison time. Right now, they can get out because of good time served and all that crap in just a few years for trafficking people in ugly sexual encounters, young children. Anyway, uh, the Public Safety Committee killed it, but the update is, and the, Bill's main sponsor is State Senator Shannon Grove from Bakersfield, 
it may have new life. And Newsom got involved, and they may go do a work around the Assembly Public Safety Committee, get it voted on the full Assembly floor. It already passed the state Senate. Be talking to Assembly Member Tom Lackey in one hour. He is a yes vote on the Public Safety Committee, but he can tell us exactly how it all went down yesterday in Sacramento. We now turn back to the border. Now, uh, the Biden administration has been trying all sorts of ideas to get people into the country without them necessarily piling up at the border because that's 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 bad optics. That doesn't look good on TV. Right, that's right. And, you know, he's running for president, too. You, you, you watch these characters when they're, oh, that's true. they're in right. a high stakes election. Watch their behavior. Watch how devious it can be. And with Biden, it's having the bureaucrats come up with uh, new laws behind the scenes or new rules to let more illegal aliens in in a less obvious manner. And one word they use, one program is called parole. It sounds nice, too, doesn't it? A parole program. So. The other idea is, well, if you get them into the country under something called parole, they don't count as illegal immigrants, right? They've now entered the country legally, and they'll go through the process. It's all backdoor stuff. We're going to talk about the latest maneuver uh, concerning uh, people from certain countries of El Salvador, Colombia, Guatemala. Oh, John, Honduras. Didn't we find out yesterday a lot of Hondurans go to San Francisco and sell drugs? Sell drugs, right. They're selling the uh, fentanyl. It's killing people in the streets there. Good, good. We'll get another shipment in. Uh, President Chris Shomolensky. Okay, Chris, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, and Numbers USA has been around for a lot of years uh, trying to shine light on uh, the illegal immigration issue. Uh, Chris, what is this new scheme that the Biden administration has invented? Well, I am so glad you called it a scheme, um, and and that you and that you you use the term, term parole. So, you know, first for starters, parole is something that that Congress has authorized the executive branch to use when it comes to dealing with people who are otherwise uh, unauthorized to either enter the United States or are living here illegally. But it's supposed to be used on a case-by-case basis for, for like extreme humanitarian needs or hardships. You know, there's got to be a, you know, this is somebody who overstayed a visa in their appendix first. We're not going to kick them out of the country. We're going to allow them to stay. We're going to grant them parole. That's what it's supposed to be used for. Um, instead, not only has the Biden administration used it to try to backdoor all of these would-be illegal border crossers to enter the country. But now they've rolled out this new program for those four countries that you mentioned, Honduras, uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Colombia, where people who have already been approved for green cards in those countries can uh, bypass the waiting period and immediately come to the United States and wait for their green cards while they're here in the United States. And this has been forbidden in the past, but... They're using this little back pocket trick that they have called parole to try to do it. And it just leads it, it makes you wonder there's about four million people on this family preference backlog list. Are they going to expand this beyond those four countries? Are they just sort of testing the waters with this new program? But these are people who may not even be necessarily wanting to come here illegally because they're trying to enter the United States the right way. Well, again, Biden administration is just going to skip them to the front of the line right. and, and, them and come in right away anyway. Right. They had they have family members in the U.S. That's what qualifies them. Correct. Yeah, they have they 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 have a, in all likelihood there's a U.S. citizen 
um, a former foreign national from one of these four countries that's now a U.S. citizen. They got a green card. They became a U.S. citizen. And now they're sponsoring their adult family members to come here into the United States. But there are these per country limits, uh, annual caps that we have. So not only are are these categories capped at, let's say, 25000 per year, for example, but then only a certain number of visas can go to individuals from each individual country. All right, since, uh, since, and so what they're doing is they're waving these lines and allowing them to come in sooner. So since Congress uh, authorized the basics of a parole program, it was intended for individual cases. Uh, is the Biden administration allowed to offer it to thousands and thousands? Or is this a violation? Well, that's a- yeah, that's the question. See, the Biden administration will tell you, well, we are doing it on a case-by-case basis because we're looking at their application and we're rubber stamping it and moving on to the next one. So we actually have to rubber stamp each and individual case as we go through them. That's how they're saying we're doing a case-by-case evaluation of each one of these individuals. Um, but in essence, what they're doing is they are applying it to full-blown classes of people, and that's not in the spirit of the law that was passed by Congress. Again, when Congress passed this parole, it was supposed to be based on these extreme hardships, humanitarian needs. Again, the example that I gave, somebody is in the country, that their visa is expiring, but their appendix bursts. We're not going to send them home. We're going to allow them to, to, to get the medical care that they need, even though they're going to fall out of legal status, offer them parole. So they're here legally or they're they're not here illegally. That's the way I should say it, because they're not necessarily here legally. They're just paroled, which means they can't be deported and they're allowed to leave. Um, that's what Congress intended when it passed this parole provision. So but again, not only are they using it for these family members, but they've been using it for for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of would-be uh, illegal border crossers. Your, your, your press release says they're using these parole programs to allow nearly 100,000 migrants to enter the country every month? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what they've done. And this was one of their prior announcements earlier in the year or at the end of last year, is they said, well, most of the illegal border crossers that we're seeing, which we now know is untrue because we're still seeing an increase in illegal border crossings, But what they're saying is that most of them are just trying to escape, uh, you know, political strife in their home countries. They're coming from Cuba. They're coming from Haiti. They're coming from El Salvador, Venezuela. And and they might qualify for asylum here. So what they did was they created uh, parole programs where those people can actually apply from outside the United States for these parole programs. And then they just fly them in through the back door. And what it does is it reduces the number of illegal border crossings, so it looks like they have the border crisis under control, but really we still have the same number of unauthorized individuals entering the United States. Can they get tripped up in court at all with these programs? uh, Well, we've got a couple of cases that that are starting to make their way. Um, We had one that that didn't do so well at the Supreme Court, but that one dealt more so with interior enforcement rather than the use of parole. So I think it's not going to be until um, probably the next Supreme Court session where we may actually see some of these parole challenges uh, get before the Supreme Court. But by then, you know, we're going to be we're going to be in an election year. So who knows what's going to happen and the damage is being done up until that point. Um, So until we have a judge issue some sort of a nationwide injunction that says, no, you can't do this, uh, they're going to continue to do it. Eric Adams, mayor of New York, was. on TV yesterday or today, and he was complaining that New York has taken in about 85,000 immigrants and that he's got nowhere to put them and none of them have any jobs. 
And I guess technically they're not allowed to get jobs, at least not on the books. And he was calling for those laws to be relaxed so at least the illegal aliens could be put to work. And I guess two thoughts I had. Is there any going to be any move to give them legal work status? Because that's just 85000 in New York. You know we've got millions and millions across the country. Yeah. Well, a lot of them have received or are in the process of getting work authorization from the federal government, because once they receive parole from the federal government after a certain period of time, they can apply for work authorization. And the, and the Biden administration has been giving them employment authorization documents. Um, so it's only a matter of time before those people are legally authorized to work in the United States. But, you know, the one question that I would have for Mayor Adams is, are there any New York U.S. citizen residents that that are is or do you have full employment in the city of New York right, right. now? Yeah. Uh, do you have any New Yorkers themselves that are looking for work? No, they, I would bet have, that yeah, there they, probably are. They have plenty of people on welfare who don't want to work. But and, right, and the, right. the, the second thing I was thinking is like since Adams is making so much noise, is there any chance of some serious blowback that would cause the Biden administration to change course? I mean, you've got these well, sanctuary city mayors who are waving their arms saying we can't take anymore. There's got to be a right. breaking point. It's sometime. Yeah, I think, you know, I think if, if, if they had suffered more losses in the 2022 midterms, that maybe they would have shifted gears. Um, but I think they feel that this is not uh, for, for a large swath of voters. This isn't an important enough issue. So there's there's no political liability to for, for them. To, to, to continue and move forward with these policies. So until voters actually start punishing the Biden administration and the members of Congress that are supportive of these policies, until they start getting punished by the yeah. voters and start losing their jobs, it, I don't think the Biden administration it, is going to change their ways. It's costing New York City $8 million a day. $8 million yeah. a day. I was just astonishing. All right, thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely, anytime. All right, that's Numbers USA Vice President Chris Shmolensky talking about all the ways the Biden administration is letting immigrants into the country so they don't pile up at the border and get counted as illegal immigrants. They got something called parole, opening programs. 100,000 a month. That's over a million a year they're going to get in under these parole programs. All right, Chance for Money coming up next. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right, we got some Washington, D.C. audio to play. Yesterday, we examined more closely the vice president, Kamala Harris, comparing her grilling of Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court in 2018 to the babble that she spews, it seems, weekly. In this case, daily. We got another clip. She appeared today with the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Remember when he was like the next big thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's not. They thought with Biden ailing that this is the guy to push in 24. They didn't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> now he, he's botched up every form of transportation as transportation secretary. Yeah, he's another dud. At least this is a dud that didn't come from California this time, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, the topic, of course, was transportation. Listen carefully. Kamala Harris makes an unbelievable statement here concerning the subject of transportation. And I again want to thank the Secretary for your work. Uh, this issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. It's that basic. Wow. 
The event was about disability rights advocates to increase <laughs> transportation accessibility, and that was her big moment. It's that basic. Yep, just get where you need to go. We had to have her weigh in on that. <laughs> Meanwhile, wow. over in the House of Representatives, uh, and of course, the House of Representatives is controlled by the Republicans, so their committees pick what they want to do. They called in the FBI director, Christopher Wray, uh, and they grilled him about a bunch of things, including January 6th. But this subject was concerning the Bidens. And Hunter Biden, as you know, just got a sweet deal with the Justice Department concerning his tax fraud and his uh, owning a gun. <clears throat> anyway, this is about an August 2017, a uh, couple of messages in July and August 2017, that Hunter Biden was demanding money from a Chinese business associate and referring to... Uh, uh, basically, the big guy being right there next to him. Uh, the, so Gates actually read the WhatsApp messages and grilled Ray as to why this isn't a bigger deal. Here's how it went down. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. He's got it right. <laughs> yeah. Biden, the Bidens are a crime family, and they've been for a long time. And Hunter is the guy who busts heads. And right. So, but if you have a Justice Department that's controlled by the Bidens right now, yeah. I, I, an attorney general, an FBI chief, I don't think there's going to be anything. No, there's not. To come of this. Right. So he has to sit there. And just stare because clearly that was a threat from Hunter Biden. Right. Um, and he, he, this was to the CEFC China Energy Translator named Raymond Zhao. Raymond Zhao is his name, right. And uh, Hunter. He's a part of the Communist Chinese Party, right? Yeah. Hunter wrote to this uh, Raymond Zhao. Tell the director I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. I will make certain that the man sitting next to me, that's Joe Biden, and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. So it's not even the big guy euphemism. It's clearly Joe, Joe Biden. They don't even call Biden out in the fact that he says repeatedly, I have nothing to do with my son's business affairs. Right? Biden, Biden lies. I mean, compulsively about everything. They and did prove that that day Hunter Biden was at Biden's Delaware home. We don't know whether or not Joe was actually there or he was bluffing. But we do know that, that Hunter Biden was at the Delaware home that day when he sent those WhatsApp messages. But All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated 
group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. You can hear us on the radio from 1 until 4. Then after 4 o'clock, the iHeart app for the John and Ken On Demand podcast. And uh, that, that whole show is there. Yeah, so we're can... shrunk down and digitized and just absorbed into that. Yeah. And you can listen to that uh, anytime you want, as much as, as you want. Assemblymember Tom Lackey will join us after 3 o'clock. The one of two yes votes on the Public Safety Committee in Sacramento in the Assembly. On this bill, it would have classified human trafficking of a minor as a serious felony, making it a strike. And, of course, that leads to much more prison time. We'll get his thoughts as he watched this unfold yesterday. This bill died because all the Democrats abstained. They wouldn't even vote. And Reggie Jones-Sawyer giggled when the audience was groaning and angry with the decision. And, and this is about uh, young girls. Girl, Half of them are under the age of 10 being sold into sex slavery. And forced labor and by by guys, by adult men. And you know, they're they've they've got guys having sex with them and maybe every day of their life. And the, they, these and, and Reggie Jones Sawyer, the head of this committee, does not want to prosecute uh these uh characters any more than they are already prosecuted, which means in reality they get less than four years in prison. The update is that apparently there's a chance that this may move to the full assembly for a vote anyway. It already passed the state Senate. It's common sense. It's the right thing to do. 
We'll talk about it with Tom Lackey after three. This story, when you when you look for California homelessness stories, and of course the reports in the L.A. County count was pretty high. When they come out, uh, you always see coverage from Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post. You rarely see coverage from CNN. And what's a bonus in this, John, I'd not really known much about this guy, Jason Elliott. Who's Jason Elliott? He's Newsom's senior advisor on homelessness. What a job that is. Here's the report from CNN's Nick Watt. $17.5 billion. That's what California spent fighting homelessness over the past four years. At the same time, the homeless population of the state grew by around a third. The problem would be so much worse absent these interventions. And that's not what people want to hear. I get it. We get it. Here's some reductive back-of-the-envelope math. With $17.5 billion, in theory, the state could have just paid the rent for every unhoused person in all four years. It is reductive, and can I say why with respect? Perhaps that would work for me, because I don't have significant behavioral health challenges. My reductive math did leave maybe $3 billion for mental health and other services, but even if the state did just offer to pay the rent, there just aren't enough affordable houses to go around. Where are we supposed to go? I mean, this is what poverty looks like. Dr. Margot Kushel was just commissioned to find out who is homeless in California and why in the hope her data might fine-tune the state's response. Her survey has busted some myths. Myth number one, most homeless people don't want a home. Not true. Participants overwhelmingly wanted permanent housing. Take Daniel and his disabled son who live on LA Skid Row. You would take it if they offered yes. you housing? Yes, I would. Yes, we would together, yes. But can I'm you stop it right we... there a second? What they won't take is immediate shelter. That's the problem. They won't go into a shelter because they can't do their drugs. So that's a little misleading. You offer somebody a $800,000 apartment, odds are they'll say sure, as long as they can bring all their drugs and their booze with them. And then they can throw their, their uh, waste at the walls. Continue. You would take it if they offered yes. you housing. Yes, I would. Yes, we would together. Yes, I'm his father and we, and we need it. Myth number two, many homeless people here aren't from California. Therefore, the state owes them nothing. Nine out of 10 people lost their stable housing here. These are Californians. We have to create the housing for all Californians. There is a state plan to build two and a half million more homes by 2030. A million among them must be affordable. But when it comes to housing, zoning is ultimately down to local government. We've got communities in this state that are refusing to build low-income housing because they say it's all just rapists and child molesters. So that's hmm. the dynamic that we're facing. Past two or three years, the state, they say, has built 13,500 affordable housing units. Baby steps. Christina Smith just moved into one after five years on the street. I thought it was fake. I'm sorry. Until they gave me the keys. And then I was like, this is real. You don't believe it after a while. Now to the why. Why do so many Californians become homeless? Even when we did have a job and we tried to look for housing out here, it was like impossible. Rent is too high because housing supply is too low. And many who fall into homelessness say it's really not by much. One of the surprising things was how 
optimistic people were that relatively small amounts of money would have prevented their homelessness. For a lot of them, that $300 to $500 a month would do the trick. But bigger picture, longer term? At the end of the day, if we want to truly solve homelessness in America, we need to build more housing. That starts with us. You know, that it, there's so much crap in that story. That really, I, I, I'm about it starts right out at the beginning of that story where they basically said there was enough money to house everybody. And the response from this idiot Elliot is, well, they have a lot of mental health problems. Uh -huh. well, but then they, the rest of, the, the, rest of the, the piece goes on to just talk about how well, they're just average people who well, can't afford the housing. Huge contradiction there. If they, so many of them have mental health problems, then it wasn't the housing. That was the issue. It was their mental illness. It meant they were unemployable. It meant they couldn't earn money. They're talking about as little as $300 a month would have changed their lives. That's $75 a week. You can't find a way to make an extra $75? Of course you can. That's, that's what, what, a few hours of work? I, I mean, I've, I've never heard such garbage in my life. In fact, with the minimum wage, like at $15, that's five hours of work, gross. So work seven hours to account for the taxes. You can't find a seven hours worth of work to get the 300 to keep you in a house? That is total BS. Total propaganda, garbage, nonsense, lies. Yeah, this Dr. Margot Cushel you heard in there. I mean, she's, she's the director of the University of California, San Francisco, the Center for Vulnerable Populations. For, for, Tell me the fix isn't in on this report. She's an advocate for the state to build free housing. We cannot every, build our way out of this. You cannot constantly build permanent housing for everybody who can't afford and, a home and, in California. And you know what? It, it is unsustainable. That idea. And every town has the right to say, hey, you know what? I don't know. Maybe these are rapists and child molesters. We're not taking a chance. I'm not going to trust any guy who lives uh, five years on the street. And by the way, you notice they went to a woman who is capable of articulating herself, how wonderful Oh, and was. they went to a guy with like a disabled kid, too. Right, yeah. Did you go, why don't you interview the meth addicts? Because that's what I see underneath uh, the uh, 405 freeway. Go to the meth addicts and talk to them. Seventeen and a half billion. This guy Elliot says, "Well, uh, yeah, perhaps that would work for me because I don't have significant okay. behavioral health challenges." There's, that actually tears apart the rest of the story, which acts like it's just about building housing. How did? We, how come we're twelve percent of the nation's population? We have fifty percent of the outdoor homeless. Fifty percent, and they're well, no, no, they're not from uh, out of state, right? Sure. This. Poor I mean, CNN. I, they see, might as well be the El Segundo Times. That, that, yeah, they're, they're useless organizations. They're propaganda organizations for advocacy groups. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. <sighs> yes, you busted the myths, moron. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right, coming up after 3 o'clock, Assemblymember Tom Lackey will be our guest, a Republican on the Assembly Public Safety Committee, who voted yes on a bill that already passed the state Senate, and that's to charge child sex traffickers with a serious crime, which could put a strike on their record and lead to significant prison time. It died in the Assembly Public Safety Committee because all the Democrats abstained. They didn't vote. 
He'll give us the inside story witnessing this on the Public Safety Committee when he joins us after 3 o'clock. The bill, mostly by State Senator Shannon Grove from Bakersfield, a Republican, may get new life as allegedly Newsom's gotten involved and they may bypass the Public Safety Committee and move it to the full assembly floor anyway. We'll see what Tom knows about this, too. After the news at 3 o'clock. Well, we've been talking about the vagrants again. We thought we'd play this for you. Bill Malusian, used to be an excellent Fox 11 reporter, now reports also for Fox News, was doing a stand-up today from Santa Monica. Now, the story was about how Santa Monica might use drones as first responders. But the whole thing got a bit derailed by, anybody have a guess? The homeless. Let's listen. Helicopters over crime scenes in big cities across the country. That is nothing new, right? But what is new is what Santa Monica is doing. They got a brand new eye in the sky they are using. Take a look at this. So Santa Monica PD here using uh, drones to respond to 911 calls. These fast-flying machines usually get there faster than a patrol car. In some cases, these drones are overhead in as little as 30 seconds. The drone operators can then see what's going on in real time and communicate with officers on the ground, letting them know about any potential dangers like whether or not a suspect has a gun and take a look at some of these incidents including teens with what looked like handguns but turned out to be bb guns some guys firing an air rifle and what looked like a man with a gun but the drone and its operator were able to see it was only a lighter santa monica has used the drone for some 2,500 flights over the past year and a half it's about 15 to 20 calls a day and police say having this technology is a game changer real-time information and allowing them to go in and deal with the Was situation Bill and cursing it's a huge advantage for them uh, relieving their stress his composure. giving them that situational awareness that they just you couldn't possibly have without this type of technology in play now obviously using drones and policing that's not going to come without concerns about privacy santa monica and a handful of other departments here in socal say they only use them to respond to 911 calls and they strictly prohibit the recording of video over private homes and any places where people would reasonably expect to have some privacy. Legal experts say there should be limits in how they're used. What kind of privacy invasion you have? Are they using facial rec um, on them? Um, are they using night vision capabilities on them? Are, and then they should be very clear um, and they should have it documented um, exactly what justifies the use of a drone. <laughs> police departments have to have a special waiver in order to fly drones beyond an operator's line of sight. As it stands right now, there's only about 12 police departments in the country that have that authorization, though more are expected to get it in the future. Now, he was live on Fox News, so there wasn't much they could do. Apparently that bleeping, I guess, came later. Could uh, could they uh, get a drone like to put out like a like a like a big uh, arm? That would snatch the homeless person and oh, pull I him see. up into the sky. Yeah, I was afraid you were suggesting something else that happens in the Middle East a lot. No, 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 like about a claw. <laughs> a long, oh, a claw. A long metallic arm with a claw. Yeah, on like the end, to pull him off you, the stage. You yeah. can see I have a right. picture of the because uh, Bill posted on Twitter. Good morning from beautiful Santa Monica, California, where this transient just cussed us out during our entire live shot. While at the same time, just twenty yards behind us, another transient female was defecating in the street. Yeah. You, you can see her bending over. You know why? Split picture. We should spend a million and a half dollars and give those two people their own homes. That's what we ought to do. That'll work well. Won't yeah, it? right. That's what they deserve. In fact, please take some of the money I work for and give it to that guy. 
who's cursing on live television. Give him a new home. <laughs> I added those beeps, by the way. Oh, oh you, yeah, because the live shot would have been... Yeah, it played it played live on Fox. You could and, actually hear the, the oh, cursing? Yeah. Well, oh, you could yeah. definitely yeah. figure out the words, yeah. Well, yeah. On, on cable, you can curse. It's only on broadcast that you you can't. Uh, yeah, that's true. We're just kind of stupid. But they probably prefer not to have the Yeah, but you know what? It, it's perfect for the Fox audience to see that uh, you have homeless people screaming and cursing. Oh, and it's great because yeah, he wasn't there for that story. He was there for this drone story. Yeah, I know. This I is know. what happens. Oh, the Fox audience must have been laughing or oh. outraged. I don't know which, but watching this guy in oh, the no, background they, they just carrying on. Actually, when I went to Florida and, and mentioned that we're from California, people would laugh at us. Oh, I know. <laughs> No, we're a national joke. Newsom's going to find out. <laughs> He's governor of a national joke. Yeah. There's another story. The Nevada DMV is not letting a guy have a plate, which basically says go back to California. It's like G, B, D, K, C, A, whatever. Uh, they won't let him have it because it's offensive. Because he's trying to tell Californians, don't stay here. That is the oh, reputation yeah. sure. we have. Or sure, And that's going to make somebody turn around. Oh, look, honey, they don't want us. Look at that license plate. Well, let's move back. <laughs> that's outrageous and offensive as uh, a Californian. Uh, yeah, people offended by license plates. Wow. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Assembly Member Tom Lackey will join us. A Republican who voted, of course, yes on the Assembly Public Safety Committee to make child trafficking a serious felony in California, but the bill died because the Democrats on the committee abstained. We'll give you the full update. We'll get Tom's reaction after the news. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark Live in the 24-hour KFI Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.